3: Well, I hope you enjoyed your summer. Yeah, in case you hadn't noticed, summer is officially over. The Steelers reported to camp today. Now, I know it's still about six weeks until Labor Day, but around here, once the Steelers show up in Latrobe, you start hearing about football every day in the news, uh, seeing it on TV, reading about it online. It'll be an NFL game a week from tonight in Canton. It's the Hall of Fame game, not worth watching for 10 seconds, but it'll be played. They do it every year, Uh, nor is any preseason game worth watching, but the Steelers do play one of those in two weeks. Two weeks from tonight, I believe, they play their first exhibition game, and uh, nobody that you care about watching, well, uh, not any veterans will play, but you know how it works. Anyway, they're already showing commercials for back-to-school stuff on TV And I've already seen some Halloween candy displays in some of the stores, believe it or not. The calendar may not say summer's over. And, you know, you may have a vacation planned, I don't know, sometime in the next few weeks. And you may think summer's not over, but it is. And the Pirates' season is over, which is another sign that summer has ended. Now, the schedule doesn't show that the season is over, but they lost again today. They stink, as usual. They're done for the season. It's over. Uh, They'll be making some trades before the deadline next week and telling you that they got some really good prospects and they're going to be pretty good in 2024. That's the way it is every year in August and July. Anyway, their games are meaningless now, officially. They did a nice job of totally flaming out just as the Steelers are reporting to camp. So good for them. So again, I I hope you enjoyed the summer because it's over. And they might not be enjoying summer over in Europe, though. Uh, They're breaking uh, records over there for heat. Huge. Records, big, long-time records, 108 degrees in Paris. And, of course, you're hearing more about global warming these days than you're hearing about climate change. So in our second half hour tonight, we're going to take a look at those numbers, uh, those big temperature numbers over there in Europe. We're going to talk to a guy, a geologist, actually, who happens to be from the North Hills, has been studying this stuff uh, for more than 35 years. I have a feeling he's going to tell you not to panic. And when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. Remember him? Well, they found him semi-conscious in his cell uh, overnight. I guess he's going to be okay. Um, And we're going to talk to a woman who's written a story about how well Jeffrey knew the Clintons. And pretty well, going all the way back to the early days in the White House. She has some interesting information about Jeff staying there at the White House and his pimp, showing up at chelsea clinton's wedding and chelsea vacationing with her and this woman is going to be charged along with him at some point bill seemed to be pretty friendly with jeff we'll talk about that when we come back stick around I'm here with Miracle League of Moons' Mike McGolick. Mike, I understand donations have slowed a little bit. How's progress? A lot of
4: progress since we last talked. Obviously, it's never as quick as you want it to be, but we're happy with where we're going
3: to be coming into the summer. we have broken ground on the field house. Foundations are going in, but the playground's been delayed. What's the plan?
4: We'll continue to fundraise. We have a lot of great support. The community likes the project, so we're confident we'll get there in time to have the playground up for next year. And
3: remember, every dollar you give today goes directly to fund the building of this state-of-the-art field for the kids with special. It will be
4: updated with ramping systems and different things so that individuals that have problems with their mobility will be able to get to the same spots that everyone else at EZU can get to.
3: Help keep the project on track. Visit org with your donation today. Mike, as always, wish you good luck with this project. We'll be following it, and you keep us updated, okay? I will. Thanks for
4: all the support, and Pittsburgh, thanks for helping.
3: Give now at org slash donate. Sponsored by Robinson Town Center, a Zemias properties entity. Hey, it's John. Staggerwall. So the people at My Pillow said, "Hey, John, can you try out a My Pillow and let us know what you think?" I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow, but what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost: interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. So I'm letting you know you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but you know what I mean. Your own my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? return it. My Pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a My Pillow pillow in your washer and dryer and it's like new again. Try doing that with your pillow and see what happens. Get a 2-pack of My Pillows Premiums for 69.98. That's only 34.99 per pillow, which is the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at mypillow.com or call 800-716-8087. Use promo code STAG. It's
2: time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining The Answers, Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in old city Jerusalem float in the Dead Sea and take a boat out onto the water of the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever wanted to walk inside the Garden Tomb? Register today for the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. Just go to our website for more details and registration information at the answerpgh.com/israel. That's the answer. PGH.com slash Israel.
3: Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh homes and businesses. This is John Steigerwald. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and, of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at or us Pittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off at or us Pittsburgh.com. That's windows or us Pittsburgh.com. Windows or Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Sagerwald Show. Or us pittsburgh.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM
0: 1250, The Answer.
3: Well, Jeffrey Epstein is in the news again. He was found semi-conscious on the floor of his cell during the night. He's apparently going to be okay. He's going to survive, which will be good news to everybody who wants to hear him sing about the famous and powerful people that he's run around with over the years. The Daily Beast has a story today with this headline. Jeffrey Epstein visited Clinton White House multiple times in early 90s. Susie Parker is the co-author of the story, did much of the research on it. She joins us now. Susie, thanks for being here. Are you there? Hello? Oh, there you are. Susie, thanks for joining us. All right. We lost you there for a second. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, So um, how often did uh, Jeffrey visit the Clintons and why is it important?
5: Again, I'm sorry.
3: Pardon me, you're not hearing me. I am not. Okay, uh, you're not hearing me well enough. So
5: I am now. I okay, gotcha.
3: got me now. Okay, thanks for being here. First of all, I have to get that in there. And um, h- how often did Jeffrey visit the Clintons, and why is it important?
5: Well, it's still unclear how many times he visited the Clintons at the White House. Um, but we definitely know that he that his connections to the Clintons go back before nineteen the early two thousands before nineteen ninety eight, and definitely before nineteen ninety five when he attended um, a fundraiser for Bill Clinton in Palm Beach, Florida. So he it got, his connections go back to the Clintons at least to nineteen ninety three, and what? he visited the White House and attended a dinner with. Um, um, his uh madam uh Ghislaine Maxwell at that time at the White
3: House yeah I want to get to her in a minute, but um yeah bill, bill has said he has only been with uh Jeffrey six times Bill's been known to you know play with the truth a little bit, but does that depend on you know what the word with means because he, apparently <laughs> he's been with him with him more than six times
5: yeah he's definitely been. In the room with them more than six times.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how many? What? What? What is it? What you guys found out that there was a lot going on there in in uh, um, in the early nineties? And aren't they? Mm-hmm. Haven't they been trying to sell people on the idea that he almost paid no attention to him until after he got out of the White House?
5: That's correct. That's correct. Uh, the Clintons have uh, tried to downplay. You know, when Bill, when all of this broke, uh, Bill Clinton tried to downplay his connections um, by saying it was the early 2000s, he was out of office, um, it was a lot to do with going to Africa, um, some work with the Clinton Foundation, and um, then it was uncovered by um, Snopes that he had actually attended that Palm Beach fundraiser where Epson had been and but that's actually he actually knew him in 1993 this year that he got um his first year in the white house so, clinton's first year in the white house
3: but why do you suppose based on your research and everything why do you suppose it's important to the clintons to i mean everybody is everybody who's ever known this guy is running from him and saying oh i hardly we hardly knew each other he had no friends apparently but um uh why is it so important, do you believe, that the Clintons want you to believe he didn't know him while he was president? What might have been happening, you know, in the White House? or the, what, what are they afraid of here, do you think?
5: Um, well, that's the big question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely, yes, why didn't they just say that, tell the truth at the uh, from the beginning and say that, you know, um, Epson had actually just you know, had been a donor. I mean, my story reports that he um, was a donor to this um, White House historical that helped prevent White House uh, when the Clintons took, um, took over, took uh, the presidency. And so um, why they're running from him is the million-dollar question. Well, um, one it's typical Clinton, though. It's typical. I've covered the Clintons from almost for more about 30 years. And so it's typical for them not to tell the truth when the truth could be very innocent.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's true. It, yeah. And but it's and also you know, he's also not an amateur, though, Susie. I mean, he knows especially correct. now. And, and, and of course, as everybody knows, the media are a lot different. And a lot more. Um, uh, there's a lot more media people out there now than there were 25, 30 years ago. Exactly. Uh, How does he think he's going to get away with tell, with with saying that he didn't know this guy? Uh, you you're the one who did the research on this story. You found documents that prove that he was uh, hanging with this guy, right?
5: Exactly. Yes, I did find documents. I mean, he's on the. Uh White House uh, guest list for this uh, as a donor for this White House Historical Association dinner that happened in uh, September 1993.
3: Yeah, and um, was Epstein a major donor to the Clintons?
5: Well, for that event, he for the White House uh, refurbishing, he he, donated ten thousand dollars. Is that a lot? It, it was kind of the going uh, sum for donors to donate. There was quite a few ten thousand dollar donors um, for that. It was kind of like that was a baseline for this. Uh, the this White House Historical Association. Many people donated just ten thousand dollars.
3: Now, the the um, the Clinton's spokesperson told the Daily Beast that it's quote irresponsible for you to suggest that Bill knew anything about what Epstein was up to all these years. You buying that?
5: Um, I never buy anything anybody connected to <laughs> Clinton say, 100%. <laughs> I've covered him for like too many years. Yeah. So, yes, he may not have known. I will give Bill Clinton he may not have known all the sexual shenanigans that he was doing around the world. He, knew that, but he definitely knew Jeffrey
3: Epstein. No, but I mean...
5: Definitely uh, knew him.
3: So, you you know, you're saying you believe that, that Bill knew what that Jeffrey Epstein was, was grabbing uh, underage girls? and
5: Do I think that Clinton knew that? Yeah. I can't say 100% that he would know that.
3: Yeah, but...
5: But, you know, you can go back and look at the Monica Lewinsky uh, scandal, which I covered. And uh, she was, you know, she was of age, but she wasn't exactly of Bill's age. Well, so she was
3: a yeah, and she was so, a, she was a she was know, a victim and a um, exactly a, someone he took advantage of the same way that you might take advantage of someone who might not be legally of age, but we all know what that dynamic's all about. Exactly. And, uh, you know, intern, president, come on. But so you, you. Uh, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> Judy, I'm, or Susie, I'm sorry, I'm I'm, um, I'm detecting a southern accent there. Do you go all the way back to Arkansas with the Clintons by any chance? Uh,
5: yes, I'm based in Arkansas. I grew up with the Clintons. Yes, I grew up with Bill Clinton being Arkansas's governor.
3: See, I've, uh, I've I detected I have that. I
5: literally been covering the I was in high school in the 80s.
3: Wow. Now, (laughs) I could talk to you for the next hour about that, Um, um, because, yeah, um, so I'll ask you this, then, because I read a book called Partners in Power. Are you familiar with that book?
5: I do know that book.
3: Uh, Names guy's name was Morris, I think. Roger Dick Morris? Morris. Uh, no, no, not Dick Morse. Uh, it was another Morris. He also wrote a book about uh, Richard Nixon. He was not a he was not a conservative guy who was out to get the Clintons, but he wrote a tremendous book that I read. Oh, yes. Early. Yeah, and he talked about all the things that were going on in Arkansas, and this is kind of off our subject today. But now that I have you here, I have to ask you because <laughs> some of the stuff that he talked about that was going on in Arkansas that. I can remember saying to people after reading the book, and this was before Monica Lewinsky and everything, I read this book probably in 92, 93, I I remember not being the least bit surprised by anything that I heard about Bill Clinton, uh, uh, you know, uh, accusations, rumors about what was going on in the White House because of what I had read in this book. And I'm wondering if you feel the same way based on what you knew about him in Arkansas and heard about him in Arkansas, if not knew about him, at least heard about him.
5: Yes, no doubt, and that's when I uh, no doubt. Yes, there was all sorts of that. Yes, and into the nineties, and a lot of that, a lot of that kind of network went on when Clinton became president into Washington.
3: Mm-hmm. And, that, and,
5: and, and, and you know, we had the Whitewater scandal. I mean, you know yeah. how many scandals that oh, were yeah. connected to the Clintons? Yes. So yeah, no doubt. A lot of, of shady stuff was happening here in the 80s. And so that's when I read the thing about Jeffrey Epstein, Clinton saying it was the early 2000s, but knowing how Epstein was kind of this mover and shaker globally before the 2000s, I thought, no way, I don't, no way. Yeah. Uh- He's got to have White House connections because. Everybody in those early years of the Clinton administration, when he was president, there was a lot of wheeling and dealing going
3: on. Yeah, and uh, anybody who did what Bill did with an intern in the Oval Office, or anybody who would do what he did in the Oval Office, um, would anybody put it past him to be taking advantage of hanging around with a guy with Epstein, uh, like Epstein? Why would anybody be surprised? Wouldn't you expect that of it?
5: Yes, yes, yes. You would definitely expect it, and you would definitely expect that their circles would have somehow intersected way before 2002, or 2000.
3: Uh-huh. Now, uh, let's get, uh, as, I don't know how you pronounce her name, is it Ghislaine Maxwell? Lane. Um it's She. Jane. Yeah, she, um, you call her a madam, I guess we'll go with that. She's the person who would uh for Epstein allegedly um and she's going to be in big trouble here too. she's uh the one who's who they're saying was uh the person who found the young girls for Epstein and enticed them to come with her and then you know got them into the whole uh sex trafficking thing uh this person not only showed up at chelsea's wedding Chelsea Clinton's wedding but mm-hmm. she she went on vacation with her. Is it possible that they wouldn't know what this woman did for a living or what she did every day and and be yeah, that friendly I've, with?
5: I was wondering the same thing. I mean, you know, I guess if you're thinking that you're in that, that kind of high society, movers, global movers and shakers, someone like Maxwell could say that she's, in investments or hedge funds or Mm -hmm. art or you know pick pick something glamorous and big money and yeah i guess you could probably buy it and also have a double secret life going on where you're procuring you know you're trying to get young women for your friend
3: not young women girls and girls uh, yeah.
5: girls yes yeah. people girls. like
3: to call them young women and that's a kind of a euphemism for girls yes, which, is, yes, which is what teenage they were
5: girls under yeah. 18 yeah
3: yeah um so uh how are i mean where's this going to go you i've got a feeling it's you guys at the and we're talking by the way to Susie parker co-author of the story about uh, bill clinton and jeffrey epstein at the daily beast you should check it out um, i have a feeling you guys aren't finished with this story um you've, you're just starting you're doing a
5: lot of investigating Yes, once once I go down the Clinton rabbit hole, there's <laughs> no stopping me. <laughs> I've been down it before, and I, you know, just when you think that the Clintons have gone away for a minute, they have a funny way of resurrecting and, and coming back.
3: Well, there, there's a story out there. You have it in your uh, piece um, that there is evidence that Bill and Epstein were all on a plane. With this Lane Maxwell person and an unnamed female, as a, I'd like to hear Bill's explanation for that one.
5: Yes, yes, I would like to hear a lot of his explanations <laughs> about many things over the years.
3: Yeah. You ain't getting them, though, <laughs> are you? Uh, no, no, no. I don't
5: see that happening.
3: But what I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, uh, you just uh, you didn't go deeply into it in the piece. I don't think, but you know, just throwing it out there, that's a that's a. Pretty um, bright red flag, isn't it?
5: Yes, it is. And, you know, um, but the, uh, you know, one thing I have learned that the Clintons are masters of denial are, you know, look over here and this is happening over there. So um, I don't know how they would, I don't know how Bill would actually get out of this situation or how his explanation for it. But it will be curious if we ever hear
3: it. This is a guy who said it depends on what the word "is" is.
5: Exactly, what the
3: meaning of "is" is. I mean, so he's. Um, uh, we we all saw him uh, being inter- uh, interviewed, uh, questioned, testifying uh, on the in the Lewinsky uh, deal, and he looked like you talk about a deer in the headlights. Um. So, uh, so I, I mean, this this is interesting to me because before I called you, I didn't know that you had this history with the Clintons. This must be when when you heard about this. I mean, d- uh, as you said, is this? You just think, when's this going to end? I mean, is the guy ever going to grow up? He's seventy two years old.
5: Yeah, right. You would. Well, they have a... the Clintons have this hard time just telling the truth. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, they could have easily said oh, he was a donor in 1993. We didn't know much of. him. We met him through X. Yeah. It, it, but That's not how the cleanse operates, So everything looks...
3: You're, we're, you're breaking up a little bit there.
5: Everything spot with the cleanse end up being a cover-up.
3: Yeah, I, I want to ask you... Even
5: if it's very innocent. I mean, this one this house, historical dinner at the time, could have been a very innocent thing. Yeah, right, right. But now, years later, you've got um, Epson being this scandal figure, and now they're covering up Menhelm
3: well, you know, in the in the book that I mentioned, Partners in Power, it talks about uh, Bill showing up at cocaine parties mean, um, the stuff that he had in there. And this is not some um, bomb thrower, this guy, this writer. He's a serious writer. He's written a lot of serious books. And he said, I think he says in the book that he, he didn't start out thinking he was going to get Bill Clinton. He was just, he went down and started sniffing around in Arkansas and he couldn't believe what he came up with. So I, I, I'm up against a hard break here and I have a minute left. Um I'm just curious, and you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but what did what did you think when Hillary Clinton was running for president? What did you think about the prospect of four or eight more years of these people in the White House?
5: Oh, I just was thinking this would be amazing stories because there were so many <laughs> more scandals left to cover. That's exactly what I was thinking.
3: Yeah, but you had to have some fear for the country. or I mean, just come on.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, I knew that we would be uh, engrossed in some sort of crazy Clinton scandal, you know, daily or weekly.
3: Hey, Susie Susie Parker, I really appreciate it. The piece is at the Daily Beast, and it's pretty amazing, and I'm sure you'll be having more stuff coming uh, in the future. Thanks.
5: Thanks so much for having me. Okay,
3: that's Susie Parker, and we will be right back to talk about that heat wave in Europe and whether or not you should worry about it. With SRN News, I'm
2: Keith Peters in Washington. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson's demand to renegotiate the Brexit treaty is not being received well by European Union leaders.
0: Prime Minister Boris Johnson told Parliament he's ready to talk. We will throw ourselves into these
2: negotiations with the greatest energy and determination and in a spirit of friendship. And I hope that the EU... Will be equally ready. And Johnson did speak
3: and with the EU Commission Chief Jean Claude Juncker later in the day. But an EU official says Juncker told Johnson there would be no renegotiating the withdrawal agreement, though there might be room to add
2: language on future relations. Earlier, Johnson told Parliament the absent UK negotiations, Britain would leave the EU with no deal. The UK is better prepared for that situation than many believe. I'm Ben Thomas. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 129 points. This is SRN News. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. I've got great news. Mortgage interest rates have dropped. So if you're thinking about buying a home, right now is the time to lock that low rate, even before you find the home of your dreams. With our exclusive rate shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a rate shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive Rate Shield approval, call us today at 800Quicken or go to RocketMortgage.com.
1: For JD Power award information, visit JDPower.com. Rate approval only ballot on certain 30 year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030.
0: Larry Elder says what the left doesn't want
2: to hear. SP 500? Never been higher? <laughs> Economy rocking and rolling? More jobs created last month than the experts expected? Donald Trump's popularity rating? Highest ever of his presidency? (laughs) About the same as when Obama ran for his second term? Say it ain't so! The
0: Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with
1: debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at dennisspira.com. Are you worried that the next market downturn could rob you of your wealth and your security? Are you concerned that your lifetime may last longer than your life savings? You don't have to be. Four over. 30 years, Gary Hunt has advocated for strong retirement principles, helping families in Allegheny and Westmoreland generate more income while protecting their retirement funds. And Gary now offers retirement-minded savers and investors a free book so you can better understand what it takes to structure a more stable, secure, and confident retirement. Call Gary Hunt and request your copy of Income Allocation. 844 hunt That's 844 4868 Community Bank. City Mission. Number One Cochrane,
2: Highmark Stadium.
1: Peters Township Community Center.
2: Angelo's Restaurant.
1: What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full-service construction
2: from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for business. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com.
0: This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy & Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy & Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly. To protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy & Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
5: A lot of closures in place right now. This is for the Pickleberg Festival happening this weekend. So closures are already in place. Left lanes blocked on the Parkway East Inbound after the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. That is with an accident. Parkway East Inbound before the Boulevard of the Alleys. Right lanes blocked with a crash were jammed back to edgewood Vale We're also dealing with a crash on 79 North around Route 50. You're jammed back to Bridgeville. That's a look at traffic on Megan I AM
0: 1250, The Answer.
6: Weather. Weather will stay quiet through this weekend, though it will get a little warmer and more humid over the weekend. Clear and comfortable again tonight with a low fifty-eight. And then tomorrow you'll see sunshine. We'll have pleasant warmth and low humidity again. High will be eighty-three. Tomorrow night will be mainly clear with a low sixty-three. Mostly sunny Saturday. High again eighty-three. Then Sunday will be warm and more humid with sunshine. High will be eighty-six. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Stride. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM twelve fifty.
0: The answer.
3: Uh, have you noticed that it's uh, been a lot cooler the last few days? I actually wore long sleeves for my uh, morning walk today, about 7. There's a lot of talk about the heat wave in Europe, though. Uh, hottest temperatures ever in several places, including Paris, where it's, they say it got up to 108 well, Gregory Wrightstone of the Heartland Institute and the author of Inconvenient Facts joins us now to talk about that. And he's also a Pittsburgh guy from the North Hills. Thanks for being here, Gregory.
4: Uh, glad to be on. Yeah, we're not experiencing uh, that short-lived heat wave we had over the weekend went away pretty quickly, didn't
3: it? It certainly did. I I thought it was the end of the world, but I, apparently it's not because I woke up this morning and it was cold outside.
4: Yeah, I was in... the. Uh... I'm calling you from uh, Paul's Island, South Carolina. The high temperature here was in the mid-70s yesterday, so go figure.
3: Well, um, sometimes, I'm, uh, right now it's global warming they're talking about, but when, but sometimes it's climate change.
4: Uh, you're, you're behind the times. It's climate disruption now.
3: Oh, it's not change? Uh, and it'll, be
4: something, and it'll be something different next week. Uh, but th- that way they're able to attribute, no matter what happens whether it's too cold, too hot, too wet, too dry, whatever it is, they can attribute it to man-made catastrophic warming.
5: Well,
3: it's so, it's summer, and it's really hot in Europe, and they say it's hotter than it's ever been, so is that true?
4: It is not true. It, what we need to do, and that's what I like to do, I'm a geologist, so I, I take it, the, look at the big picture. Uh, it is true. Since around 2000, Europe has experienced some intense heat waves uh, that are... Out of character, if your record goes back to the 60s, or maybe even the 50s, uh, then it would be the hottest on record. But if we look back, actually, I, I was looking at uh, a study here. Droughts and heat waves go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with, each, with When you have a, an extended heat wave, you go into a drought. Uh, I was just reviewing data here before the call looking at the droughts of the last 250 years. And they reference a period of 1942 to 1953, an extended uh, period of drought and heat waves. This is in Europe? This is in Europe.
3: Yeah.
4: And this is, uh, what they they did is, uh, yeah, this is Europe only. Uh, They took a look at the droughts, and again, they go hand in hand. And then we see, looking throughout time, there are, uh, just doing this preparation for our phone call, there was... In, in 1821, long before there were SUVs, 200,000 people died in France. Uh, in 1303 and 1304, the Rhine, the Loire, and the Seine rivers all ran dry due to extended heat waves. Now we're talking. So what we need to do is look. This is we we're having a heat wave in Europe. There's no dispute about that. Uh, some people will die, and that's regrettable. But it's certainly pro- it's likely not not related to climate change because greenhouse gas warming, even the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, they all agree that most of the greenhouse gas warming will occur at night. Actually, when it when it captures the, the latent heat that's uh, re radiated from the uh, ultraviolet waves. But if we go back and look throughout uh, throughout time, many centuries, uh, we've seen that that Europe has had some some significant and devastating uh, hurricanes. Even the year 6, 627, uh, in France and Germany, many thousands of, of humans uh, died due to thirst and heat. And the other thing...
3: Well, excuse me one second there, Greg. It, it, I mean, I'm, I buy everything you're saying here, but um, is, it, it's, is it possible that people could... It is. I would think it's possible that people could be more prone to die in 627 or whatever year it was, you said, because uh, of heat. It wouldn't have to be quite as hot uh, for people to die.
4: Well, we take a, if we take a look, the largest study of its kind looking at temperature-related deaths uh, was recently done by Antonio Gasparini. They looked at 74 million temperature-related deaths around the world. They concluded that 20 times as many people died due to cold as due to heat. A similar study was done in England and Wales. That study concluded it was the number was 15 times as many people die due to cold as to heat. So it's it's the cold that really is is impactful in terms of human mortality, and it's not even close. Uh, so it's it's this that that's very well documented, except that it's not very well it's not talked about much uh, by these ayatollahs of alarmism uh, who want to promote this notion of. Of man-made catastrophic warming because it doesn't just, it doesn't fit their narrative at all.
3: Now I saw somewhere uh, that in Paris the temperature was recorded on a device that was a few feet from an asphalt road or driveway. Uh, what's, yeah. What's a surefire way to get an accurate temperature reading? Uh, there was a story about Scotland a couple of years ago had had the hottest day in the history of Scotland, and they found out that the the gauge that they were using that the thermometer that they were using was within a few feet of a running ice cream truck with the engine running.
4: Yeah. Uh, That's the urban heat Island effect that, that compromises and increases the temperatures that's being measured. Uh, the most accurate measurement are by satellites, and we can get what's called the lower troposphere, uh, which is the lowest part of the, of the atmosphere. Uh, they're the most accurate, but the problem there is that that record only began in 1979. So we're, we're in a warming trend that's been it started more than 300 years ago. Uh, we, in fact, we know the year it started it was the year 1695 in the depths of this horrifically cold period called the Little Ice Age. And, and it's really the cold periods like this that that are uh, lead to death, famine, and mass depopulation. Not not heat. It's completely opposite of what you and your listeners are being told. It's the cold periods. Historically, what we see there's a strong correlation between the rise and fall of temperatures and the rise and fall of civilizations. That during these warmer periods, great civilizations blossomed. Flu, food was plentiful. Um, humans prospered. And in fact, before climate science became politicized, each one of those warm periods were—they were called climate optima—and it was called climate optima for a reason, because it was beneficial. The warm, much warmer than we are today, uh, was beneficial to both the Earth and humanity. And we know those periods were warmer, John, because of uh, the—for example, the Romans during the time of the Roman warm period were growing citrus in the north of England near Hadrian's Wall. Can't
3: do that now. Excuse me. You can't do that now. No, no, no not 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 close to it.
4: <laughs> no. And there's there's a lot of these historical records just like that to really serve to document just how much warmer these previous warm periods were periods were uh, than what we see now. Well, you know, do we they, can see that?
3: that they, sorry, go ahead.
4: No, I was going to say another great example is Greenland uh, that was settled during the medieval warm period by Eric the Red. Uh, and then later abandoned due to the uh, encroaching snow and ice and cold, and in fact, it was that little ice age uh, that we're climbing we're slowly climbing out of that again led to to famine uh, and nasty population. in fact, it's thought that a, a half the population of Iceland perished during that time, a third of the entire population of the world uh, perished during the little ice age
3: well now um uh- <laughs> How do they measure the temperatures from 500 or 1000 years ago? Yeah, I mean, was, I, you, was, you have evidence, but what about actual numbers? cuz they say it's the it's the highest ever. You, I mean, so they were growing fruit, you know, in uh in uh, northern England, but that's a pretty good indication that it was pretty warm, but still they they they're able to say, "Oh no, this is the hottest temperature ever." How do they know this?
4: Yeah, we use a they use a, what they call proxies, various things. Uh we use uh both ho- uh oxygen uh and carbon uh isotope data that are related to various temperatures that they can do that. And what we use what one of the least efficient methods are tree ring data. And that's with if you're familiar, a fellow by the name of Michael Mann out of Penn State had what was called the hockey stick that And yep. his what he used was tree ring. He relied on tree ring data. Well well we're crying out loud tree rings get bigger or fatter due to precipitation and importantly he completely ignored the fact that increasing carbon dioxide fuels plant growth and so part of what he was seeing that created this horrible hockey stick graph uh, was a reflection of the co2 fertilization effect Uh, so what we use are these proxies and and it's not good to rely on one Uh, I'm writing my second book now and I'm I'm looking at. Uh, that's actually what I'm doing is thoroughly going through all these uh, records. There are thousands of historical documents. For example, in the one warm period called the Minoan warm period, they were growing a, a crop called millet. It's a it's a grain. can mm-hmm. only they were growing that in Scandinavia. Well, you can't grow millet. You can only grow grow millet in tropical or s- s- semi tropical. Places, but yet they were growing it in Scandinavia. So it's, it's evidence like that rather than just relying on, uh, for example, we have ice core data from Greenland and Antarctica. Uh, Greenland goes back about 150,000 years. Antarctic ice core can get us back about 800,000 years. And again, using this isotope data, uh, we can figure out what, the, uh, what what both the CO2 levels were and what the temperature was. Uh, and it's fascinating Two, the big thing I point to people is when our plants that we rely on for our crops today for sustenance, when they first evolved, CO2 levels were around 2,500 parts per million. We're a little over 400 today. So we've increased CO2 levels. I'm not going to go too many numbers on you here, but we've increased CO2 by about 130 parts per million, yet CO2 has dropped more than 2,000 parts per million. When our plants first evolved, that we rely on. So, if you look at the big picture, the geologic picture, what we find is that we don't have too much CO2. We don't have enough. We're actually carbon dioxide impoverished, and the plants that we, we that we rely on uh, really respond much much better uh, to much higher levels of CO2 than what we have today. And and the big, I think the big untold story of our generation is. Is the greening of the earth? How the earth is prospering and thriving? Uh, up to fifty percent of the earth is what they call greening. In other words, vegetation's increasing. Less than four percent of the earth is what they call browning, or vegetation's being lost. That's a great trade-off. Mm-hmm. I'd take that any day of the week. And that's the the, the great story. In fact, your listeners, if, if when when you have a time on the computer, just Google NASA and greening, and NASA points to. To these areas around the wor- world, like the uh, southern Sahara, it's an area known as the Sahel, 300,000 square kilometers of the southern Sahara have turned into lush grasslands. People are moving back in there and farming. The same thing we're seeing being seen in former arid areas in India, China, and Australia. And that's a good thing. It's completely opposite of what the what I call the ayatollahs of alarmism are telling you and your listeners, and they've just—they've got it backwards. Well, they the, don't want your listeners to know
3: that the Heartland Institute uh, has been challenged on the claim that CO2 is just plant food and not the cause of global warming. Uh, are you getting any more converts on that, or are you taking more heat?
4: Oh yes. Oh, I—I I, I travel all around the country. I—I uh, I spoke uh, two nights ago in Beaufort, uh, South Carolina. I'm traveling to Wilmington, North Carolina, next week. I'll be in Wichita all the week after that. I, 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 and I travel around the country. i'm what I find is a great thirst for knowledge. Just about everybody I talk to. I tell them some of these impactful things, and they go really, and they want to learn more. And I, I, we've got a a smartphone app we rolled out that's a partner with the book. Uh, you have this all this information in the charts that I've captured uh, in the palm of your hand so you can actually talk confidently. Uh, with somebody with with these really really well sourced, well referenced, easy to understand charts. Uh, it's at the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Just search for "Inconvenient Facts."
3: That's the name uh, of your book, "Inconvenient Facts." What what are your favorite? And I only have like a minute and a half here. What are your favorite inconvenient facts from your book?
4: Oh boy, it's got to be! I've got a chart showing one hundred and forty million years of CO two going straight from twenty five hundred down to where we are today. And it it almost crossed what I call the line of death. We almost got to where we we met the the minimum CO2 level threshold for plant life to exist. That's probably the most impactful and actually scary chart in the entire book.
3: So so when you do this traveling, are you doing your part by flying on really... Uh, big jets you bet. so that they uh, so that they. well if you,
4: if you see the back of my SUV and yes I drive one yeah. I've got a bumper sticker that says I heart CO2 <laughs> and I'm a huge huge proponent of the many benefits of our changing climate and increasing CO2
3: but you're a heretic compar- if you listen to the media
4: yeah but I'm right they're wrong and I have the facts to, to back it up uh, it's, it's, it, it's I'm on a mission I'm on a mission. I get that. I didn't set out to. I didn't set out to write a book. I set out to seek the truth, and the book fell out of it. So this was. This is the result of my mission of the search for the climate change
3: truth. Is, well, is the result of that. Well, Greg, I appreciate you being on. You're a North Hills guy, and uh, I'm sure I'll be calling you again when this, this comes comes up all the time. And I'm sure we're going to have another uh, reason to be talking to you soon. And I appreciate your work and keep it up. Thanks. You betcha. All right. That's uh, Gregory Wrightstone. The name of the book is Inconvenient Facts. Check it out, and uh, we'll be right back. Hot
5: town, summer in the city. Back of my neck, getting dirty and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead or walking on the sidewalk harder than a match
3: here. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh homes and businesses. This is John Stagerwald. If you've had damage to your roof, Windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new... You'll love their no pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at Windows or us Pittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional ten percent off at WindowsR Pittsburgh.com. That's WindowsR Us Pittsburgh.com. Windows or Us, proud sponsor of the jerk of the week, heard every Friday right here on the John Sagerwald Show. WindowsR Us Pittsburgh.com.
6: Morning Bullets is asking for the public to respond to a nationwide poll that could help shape political policy in 2020. This is your chance to be heard by the decision makers all the way up the chain. Their question Should the federal government provide free health care to illegal immigrants? Yes or no? Visit Trump's Pulse on America.com to let your voice be heard before the decisions are made for you. Medical services are guaranteed by the Emergency Treatment and Active Labor Act and require hospitals to provide care regardless of citizenship, legal status, or ability to pay. The Federation for American Immigration Reform reported that medical expenditures for illegal immigrants was over $17 billion in 2017 alone. The decision is up for debate and the policymakers want to hear what the public thinks. Should the federal government provide free health care to illegal immigrants? Yes or no? Go to Trump's Pulse on now to vote. That's Trump's Pulse on America.com. Trump's Pulse on Be heard.
1: What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, a warrior is more than a team name. Here, at their fully accredited K-12th through grade Christian school, just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, a warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. A warrior is challenged to learn as they develop a strong work ethic, achieve academic excellence, and cultivate a lifelong love of learning. And a warrior is trained to lead through Christian character and integrity so they can impact the world for Christ by their example, wherever God calls them. So, are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School, a fully accredited K-12th through grade Christian school, just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at ourpcs.org. That's O-U-R-P-C-S dot org.
3: We're talking to Rocky Blyer. He's involved with the Miracle League of Moon Township and the construction of a Miracle League athletic field. The fields are designed to make it possible for kids with special needs to play sports. Every child, no matter what the situation, deserves a chance to be able to play, to compete
4: and have a place that's safe, takes care of needs, that's organized. This will be the four, a miracle league field that will be built. Now we got four places to be able to travel, so it broadens the whole interest of sports. It's just terrific for a community to do that.
3: There's a buddy system I thought was pretty impressive. What's that all about? Kids with special needs Have a buddy. A,
4: a child who's in school. It's like having an older brother or sister involved with you. So it's really good in that everybody has human dignity of being able to
3: participate the website is miraclesinmoon.org check it out and let's help make this dream a reality hey rocky thanks and uh, we'll be talking hey. to you again about this project appreciate you coming on to talk about it thank you for having me all right man take it, it. easy thanks. rocky right, Blair, and we'll be right back
0: you're listening to the john steigerwald show on am 1250 the answer
3: well we uh we haven't done this for a while um we, well, first of all, I want to mention, uh, I should have mentioned it earlier, that I think it's an interesting story, uh, that Mike Tomlin had his contract extended today. Uh, that's an interesting story because the Steelers always have done that with their coaches. They've only had three in the last 50 years. It's 50 years ago this week, I think, that Chuck Noll had his first training camp. And Mike Tomlin had two years left on his contract, so they extended it to another year, which is, uh, I think, a smart move. A uh, He's one of the winningest coaches in the league and he's uh, he deserves to be extended. I, I, I wasn't thrilled with the job he did last year, but uh, I think it was a good compromise. I think in the past they've extended him for two years. I think by giving him one year, they're giving him a little bit of a um, a message that they expect uh, some kind of improvement. He needs to win a playoff game. So, But I think it's a good move by the Steelers. But we there's something, we only have about a minute and a half left here. I wanted to get this in. We haven't mentioned this for a while, but it's one of our favorite subjects around here. Uh, the college course at... Um, At uh, Lewis and Clark College, Uh, it's called um, Disrupting the Cycle of Toxic Masculinity. And here's part of the course description. In this course for educators, participants will analyze – this is for teachers – We'll analyze uh, the effects of toxic masculinity and how they play out in our classrooms, communities, and lives. Through personal narratives and critical analysis, participants will reflect on the artifacts, people, and moments that define masculinity, in quotes for them and examine how those definitions manifest themselves in our work. Participants will then create lessons that help disrupt the cycle (laughs) of toxic masculinity present in our society. So, you know, there's no discussion anymore about whether there is toxic masculinity in our society. Uh, they've now decided at Lewis and Clark College, which is, uh, by the way, we like to, as a public service, give you the names of these colleges so that you can cross them off your list if you, if you know anybody who's uh, going to be going to college anytime soon. So um, that's, that's what they got there. And this is, here's the, here's the uh, disrupting the cycle of toxic masculinity. I'm looking at the actual website from Lewis and Clark College. And there's the, uh, I'm looking at the the course description. And it, it just should be, at the top it should say in uh, bold letters, A Waste of Time. I'll see you on Friday, tomorrow.
0: The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.